are rolling. Whoa, that's pretty amazing. Hey, welcome back once again. This is the Wednesday Morning Surf Report, the podcast that answers tomorrow's questions today. Once again, I'm your host, Rick Larson, and with me to my right uh, is my other host and also audio engineer extraordinaire, Jeff Cardello. Jeff, how is everything going for you? Uh, things are going pretty well. That's great to hear. <laughs> Once again, starting out, starting it out with deep personal things yeah. from my life. Yeah. We we like to uh, to banter a little bit yes. here. Um, it really helps get people get to know us. Yes, connect. Uh, Please connect with us. Well, we're once again recording from uh, the wonderful Gangplank Studios in scenic downtown Chandler. And we have, as always, some amazing, amazing guests for you. Uh, I think I will go ahead and introduce them now. So, starting uh, to to my left here, um, he's a musician, a writer, uh, an amazing person. Well... Going clockwise, or then he's to my left. Um, give it up for Serene Dominic. Howdy. And what would you like uh, to tell the world about yourself? Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I'd like to teach the world to sing and furnish it with love. Yes, yes. Especially I, on a Monday. I would <laughs> love to, to buy the world a Coke. Just one. No, I don't know. And make them fight over it. <laughs> You know that reminds that actually reminds me of the first comic book I ever bought was uh, this Jimmy Olsen comic book. Oh, where um, Aquaman and Jimmy Olsen are like like crawling across the desert, and um, yeah. they go, "Please, Superman, just some uh, just a drop of water, we'll all die." And there's all these like skeletons and bones coming uh-huh. out of the sand, and Superman's being a total prick, and he's like <laughs> he's holding this pitcher of water, he's like nobody gets a drop. Oh, that's amazing. That made me buy a comic book. For the, and, and it wasn't even in there. Oh, it was man. DC, so. Yeah, they, they tended to have Superman being a jerk on yeah, their covers. Yeah, he was a total lot. fucking prick. You know, it's, no wonder it's like every time, you know, you have a, uh, you know, a kryptonite, you know, an opportunity to shove kryptonite on you do it. Yeah. Hey, Superman, how about a baked potato? Uh, how about some guacamole on it? Ah, that's kryptonite. I just took... That's, that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah they always Give him kryptonite and the old guacamole. And, extra. and they charge him a dollar extra for the kryptonite. Yes, yes. I just took my daughter to a, a, a comic book shop and they had a wall of vintage Superman comics and I was showing her, like, this one's older than me. This one isn't. And a lot of them weren't, which was kind of sad. But um, there was one that had Fat Superboy. And, <laughs> it was, and it was like Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen were kind of mocking him. And he yeah. was slinking off and like, who do want to... No, it wasn't Lois Lane. It was Lana Lang. Lana I don't want Lana Lane. to know that I got fat. <laughs> I just love it. I just love it. the Jimmy Olsen ones are the best ones because it's sort of like super like like I uh-huh. guess at the height of Beatlemania, F Superman like playing guitar, singing yeah yeah yeah, and like <laughs> come on Superman, you know, like they gotta destroy Metropolis. He's like wait a minute, I got a concert, the show must go on. Gotta you know? finish this. I'm glad we jumped to Jimmy Olsen so I didn't have to say speaking of Fat Superman and then introduce our next guest. So speaking of Jimmy Olsen. I, I think the fat Superman's more accurate. <laughs> okay. 
Our next <laughs> guest is also a musician and a writer and a zinester. Uh, let's hear it for Brody Hubbard. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I, I, uh, what would you like to tell the world about yourself? Oh, goodness. Um, don't believe anything you heard. It's all lies. Oh, okay. I'm and here to set the record straight. On any topic, anywhere, it's pretty much all Yeah, lies. not just about me. I mean, yeah, yeah. about Serene Dominic, all right, about thanks. Jeff Cardello. Yeah. The lies Carson. will continue here this evening. About Jimmy Olsen, if that's his about, real name. Yeah, if that's indeed his so real name. So I'm, I'm not, I'm a nerd in other areas, not really in comic books. I respect that area. So sure. Jimmy Olsen and Superman, there's some sort of crossover, there's a crossover, like, yeah, Jimmy Olsen's his uh, kind of, not a sidekick, per se. So he's just like resident dick. I mean, you need him yeah. to get into trouble. Okay, so, so yeah, we're, we're yeah. talking about Jimmy Olsen, Dino Mite? No, no, no. No, that's J.J. Walker. That had to have been at some point in the 70s a crossover, right? That would they, be, they had to have made a J.J. Walker. Amazing. Okay. Well, once again, I've demonstrated my <laughs> just vast knowledge about of pop culture multiple yeah. mediums of pop yeah. culture i yes. feel like yes. they would have sorry jj walker i feel like they would have jj walker cameo in a less famous soup like maybe a plastic man comic book not so much a superman yeah, comic book. yeah i don't book. think he was that yeah popular yeah okay i never seen a jimmy walker lunchbox you know i mean maybe they hmm that's i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna google that, that you know so i saw at a com- the last Comic Con I went to, I saw a vintage from like 1991 Mystery Science Theater lunchbox, but it was it was after they had just kind of stopped making metal lunchboxes, so it was just a plastic lunchbox with a Mystery Science Theater sticker on it, and I kind of thought the guy had made it himself. And he oh. opened it up. He's like, "No, look, this was real. This was a a real thing that they tried to sell to people." Yeah. I, th- I think the scariest part of that whole thing was that we can refer to 1991 as vintage now. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, tell Horrifying. me about it. Horrifying. Tell me about it. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and lunchbox is broke. Answer our our uh, topic. So I'll have you pick a card and read the question I to the full, audience. I have full confidence in Dominic's uh, ability here to pick a wonderful topic at random. What's the deal with Wi-Fi? <laughs> what's the deal with what do you Wi-Fi? Mean, like, what's the deal with it? Like, do you do yeah. you hyphen between Y and Fi? Or I I know originally you did. That's yeah. that's a good a good follow up question. Is Wi-Fi hyphenated? I Is feel it, like it was originally. Yeah, I still but, see it hyphenated. So. Yeah, I, I think I see it both ways. But what do you think the Associated Press style guide says about Wi-Fi? Oh goodness! Well, it's not an acronym. No? No, it's not an acronym. Wi-Fi. I don't think it actually stands for anything. Yeah. If, uh, if, you, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for yeah. it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. If uh, if Grammar Girl is listening to this, you know, perhaps yeah. Yeah. E- e- do a direct message and, and let us know yeah. what is the deal with hyphenating Wi-Fi. Okay, Wi-Fi. Yeah. Wi-Fi. Why ask Wi-Fi? I... Um, when I got my iPhone 5, I gave my 4 to my mom, which has changed our relationship drastically. 
because now she calls me with like family news and the normal things that she always did but every single conversation turns into a tech support call right <laughs> and and it's always like the most vague description of what's happening she's like oh and my phone is acting weird I was like, well, did you turn it off and turn it back on? Like, what do you mean by acting weird? Like, what is it doing or not doing? And then that leads into slightly less vague. I don't know if if I stayed with her for maybe a hundred years, we might get to, oh, it happens with email or it happens on this app. But yeah. Yeah, uh, my mom recently got an iPhone. Like, it's her first smartphone ever. And. Mm -hmm. I, we were in Salt Lake City on like a little uh, trip out there, and she meant to take a photo, like a singular photo with it of the rental car that we were taking, because she wanted to make sure that we would have proof of what the, what shape it was in. But yeah. um, she that's a, that's a good, a solid yeah, uh, solid, solid use of technology. But um, she ended up taking this hour and 15 minute long video <laughs> which took her phone wasn't working and part of me wanted to have that is the it was such raw behind the scenes like family life i kind of wanted to watch it uh, uh -huh. it was the first time that i had traveled with you know my aging parents in a long time so there were a lot of interesting uh conversations and a lot of uh conflicts that occurred but um Better than a film festival. I, yeah, it was very, <laughs> very fly on the wall. So uh, yeah, always uh, interesting trying to relate to parents in the very, you know, within the closed confines of a rental car for hours and hours. You really learn a lot about yourself and your parents. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm telling you that would that, that you could get to Sundance easily. I, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Did you was it an Avis? You know, because then maybe your parents would say you had to try harder. Oh yeah, probably. I tried really hard. I <laughs> you're not trying. <laughs> you're not excelling. Yeah, I, I'm a pretty patient person. Um, you know, lots of backseat driving. Lots of Jeffrey. Do you see that truck? Um, yes, it is well within my field of vision. So lots of. Just commentary on what's going on, and me just you know being very nice for the most part. I did get a little irritable at times, but yeah, yeah, that that happens. Yeah. I've also been the parent on the road trip. Oh, oh and, yeah, uh, that's a very different different experience. But uh, I do get to use my one really solid dad joke every time, which is when you pass a field or a truck that's carrying a load of hay you just kind of point to it and say hey like you spotted something but a classic they look and it's hey classic dad joke that is That's, a dad joke yeah you know i i just moved back to arizona after a, almost a decade in los angeles and i, I mm -hmm. came in a u-haul okay um obviously because you need to bring your stuff and something so there was a, a, a good point where a time where some stuff happened at the house and there was like this drama I, I landed safely finally but there was a whole couple days there that looked sketchy and I had the U-Haul parked at my sister's and my mom was actually driving me around mm -hmm. and just I she hadn't driven me probably since she drove me to school 
some decades ago. Sure, and, sure. And it, I, I found out then, my, my, my experience was a little different because you're driving, Jeff. Um, and I, I don't know what your kids would say about your driving, but I did not remember how horrible and frightening a driver my mother is. Ah, yeah. I, I feared for my life. Just and and realize where I got all my bad driving habits, which because my my wife doesn't even let me drive. Uh-huh. She if she's if we're gonna be in a car together, she's behind the wheel. That's kind of yeah. That's kind yeah. of my I relationship. I most of my Mr. Magoo maneuvers from my dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, freedom! No, that's great. Yeah, my father yeah. actually abandoned his uh, his post as my my driving teacher <laughs> after on the first time. Now he I rented the first time my dad took me out to like you know like a public park to practice parallel parking. Mm-hmm. It was like this big beach that had all these uh, you know people picnicking around, and oh, one by one I could see them running <laughs> their car. Away from us. Yeah. Oh, that's. And we just kept chasing them all around. Yeah. Yeah. You need you need definitely need something. For um, I think I've even talked about this on the show before, but uh, I grew up in West Phoenix, and the trick that I learned from my friends was to go to Sun City to take your driver's license I test. I was so because... mad when I heard that because oh, yeah. I, I, why didn't I think of that? Because I, <laughs> yeah. I took my, I t- take my test three times. I should have just gone to yeah. Sun City. Well, what's, why is Sun City so lax? It's they uh, for whatever reason they don't make you parallel park mm-hmm. or they didn't in 91 or whatever well, the whole things are easy on the uh, the old folks there right who are yeah. renewing uh, their licenses and whatnot yeah. so the test yeah they're like, not gonna be driving long yeah. <laughs> let them have their way Just let it go yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like they're they're gonna go over <laughs> let 40 them, let them feel yeah let them feel like they're you know it's because of a Steve Benson Cart, you guys remember? Oh yeah. Because of a Steve Benson cartoon I saw growing up, I, I literally thought that you would get shot on sight in Sun City if you were under age five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before I figured out that you don't take comics literally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is Steve Benson still cranking out the uh, satirical cartoons for the Republic? I I, I can't remember I the last like time yes, I looked. But I also feel like. 90% of political cartoons look exactly the same. Okay. Like and I'm not slamming him by any by any means, but there's definitely a style to them that is mm-hmm. very similar. Mm-hmm. But um just to get back to the subject of of driving, mm-hmm. my parents refuse well they didn't refuse, I just don't think they had it in them to teach any of us how to drive like I would ask like when I got my learners from it I was really excited but mm-hmm. uh, they were too filled with anxiety to do that so they hired I took driving lessons I was one mm-hmm. of those student drivers we just did that for my son because I literally had a panic attack in oh. the car oh my god I, I try try to teach him and I just get in the car and I'm like uh, and it's weird too because I drive with other adults who are horrible awful drivers <laughs> but it's just the whole uh, oh, this opposite side of the car you know it's like when you're yeah. in England you're just like <laughs> yeah you know? it's like oh I I remember when he was a baby yeah uh, I saw him be born you're faced with your own mortality yeah. in multiple ways in multiple <laughs> yeah in multiple yeah. multiple ways but I had the same thing with uh, with my dad where he even said when I was like a senior in high school like I don't 
I think he was trying to be funny, but he was like, oh, I don't trust you with my lawnmower. <laughs> Why can't I trust you with my car? All right, we are officially back. Yeah, we had a little bit of an audio glitch, so uh, we're starting back up here. And uh, previously, on a previous episode, uh, yeah. to catch you up, so we were talking about Van Morrison, his album, uh, which was his middle finger to the general public, uh, which had... <laughs> I think it was his his middle finger to the record company because he knew they were not going to release that, but he had delivered them what he promised, kind of a thing. Yes. Like here's twelve songs. Well, that's like that's like the famous uh, Stones cut when they said you owe us one more single, and they handed in Cocksucker Blues and uh-huh. oh yeah, which actually actually Decca actually officially released in Germany some one oh. of those compilations oh, and okay. then. Quickly re- withdrew it. Yeah, I it, knew it was the I knew it was the title of like a document. Yeah, it was a concert film. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, but it's just it's basically just the thrill is gone with just really perverted lyrics. <laughs> it's pretty nice. Uh, yeah. Wasn't nice. there a McCluskey record with uh, that was like a tribute to that too? Do you guys remember that band? I, no, don't, I don't. I don't remember. McCluskey that. was a, re- a really good. I must say Scottish, kind of just like kind of, kind of one of those you know balls out rock. Oh, they did the music band. for Shrek. No, did not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because okay. the Scottish That's connection, the, yeah, yeah, which is also one of my favorite wrestling tag teams, the got, Scottish connection. Got every, yeah, they got every every uh, Scottish. That Van Morrison, yeah, who I think is Scottish. He's Irish. He's Irish. Okay. How dare you? Oh, how how dare I? Okay. <laughs> yes, you've just uh, insulted Roddy, Roddy, many. Roddy, you Roddy. just revealed your Achilles heel. Yeah. <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. My Achilles heel is Van Morrison trivia. <laughs> I don't know as much as I let on. Um, but uh, yeah, they had Rowdy Roddy Piper do a song and uh, um, Mel Gibson as Braveheart. Um, I'm running out of these. You're running out of Scotsman? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Scotch tape guy. The yeah, somebody came on and explained the no true Scotsman fallacy. Um, is that is that a no is that a known fallacy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's the, so the fallacy is, um, you know, let, we're we're at a bar, let's say, and you're like, you know, we're we're proud Scotsmen or something, and you're gonna you want to order. A Jameson's. I'm like, no true Scotsman would ever drink a Jameson's. Okay. It's a assumptive mm-hmm. fallacy, right? The, of, yeah. Of what yeah. you know of, of of speaking in absolutes. Or you, yeah. Or you say, like, uh, well, the uh, the example that I heard, which is probably not a true story, but it's like they're investigating a crime, and they're like, well, it couldn't have been a Scotsman that did it. Right. And then they're like. <laughs> Well, then they found out that it was. Well, he obviously he's not you're a true, true Scotsman. Scots, you're right. Yeah, no, you're, yeah. You're, you're more on the mark there. Yeah, I think that, of that. So I, I think of that when, when you hear of, like, the people who are rhinos, Republican in name only. Yeah. It's like, well, they they are, I guess. Or then, yeah, everybody's got these tests of how how true you are. That's to how the, lapsed Catholics were born. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm gonna need an ombudsman for for my comments on the podcast, like just to read corrections I at think, the end. I, that would be a great idea. So the Neil Young get... records Greendale, not Greenville. Okay, okay, Greendale. And and Rick has already explained the no true Scotsman fallacy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So as I warned at the beginning, 
during my intro just don't believe and, anything. I mean, Jimmy Walker was not. A, Jesus. To be fair, that, that one's on Jimmy Jeff. Walker that's was on not me. Superman that sidekick. Yeah, that's yeah. so. Um, and he also was not in Shrek. Like I said, no. but but the part about Roddy Piper, yeah, yeah. oh, that's true. absolutely yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so, glad. But if he Jimmy was... Olsen was on Good Times, then Golly would be a catchphrase that <laughs> yeah, would still be yeah. going strong, maybe. So let's talk about John, Johnny. Let's talk about Jim Neighbors. <laughs> Jim Neighbors. I was so like, so was his singing career after Gomer Pile or pre- no? It was concurrent. Pile. They so, would sell out his. They would. Pimp his albums in the TV Guide. I like, remember. Oh, he needed well, to have a yeah. TV. Sp- when he'd appear on a TV special, and he was going to sing in his big Robert Goulet voice. Yeah. So or, I mean, was that marketed as, oh, you won't believe the voice that comes out of Gomer Pyle? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember as a kid, like the first time I saw him singing, like it really disturbed me <laughs> because I was at a point where I couldn't really, uh, I didn't have the mental capacity as a child to think that. He wasn't that character all the time, so. Right. And just think of the dichotomy later when you just felt like, this can't be the same guy sucking Rock Hudson's dick. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's the same guy. It's the that same guy. I can't imagine it. That didn't come out in TV Guide nearly <laughs> as much. It, but oh, only, only in a very obscure crossword puzzle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Um, but well, he was pro- he was probably a little too late to be in that. But I read a book about like the history of vaudeville, highly recommended book actually. Oh, I love um, It's called No Applause, Just Throw Money, and the the kind of big reveal, the twist ending, is that like vaudeville didn't really die out. It just became television, and they didn't have to tour anymore. So all of the first and even a lot of the second, even into the 70s. Well, all the variety still, shows, yeah. Oh, yeah, just, yeah. Just tons of models. That's a sad thing, too. It's sort of like you could tour the country with one barbershop routine, and you'd have that five minutes, like, perfection. And it's like, you know, and then along comes television, and you do that barbershop. Okay, what else have you got? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know? Plus, I've been honing this barbershop routine for 20 years. We, we hear, <laughs> no, I, feel I like, guess I uh, could go to the uh, you know gynecologist. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like vaudeville had probably also that more of like a sleazy, un- carny kind of undercurrent to it. Whereas once it was on television, it was a little bit. Actually, right? actually, vaudeville was the clean version, version of burlesque. Yeah, yeah. yeah like burlesque oh. and theater. Theater before that, road, in right? like the eighteen hundreds, all the th- yeah. I mean, it still got pretty. I mean, crazy, still on the road. But comparatively speaking, like theaters yeah. in the nineteen hundreds were often brothels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you couldn't have like Miss Isadora and her trained pigeons, you know, that, like <laughs> land on her and then like, rah, 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 rah. you know, they fly away one one by one. <laughs> speaking of big reviews, yes. yeah, they you like if you. Like I do, if you hang around with a lot of like stand-up comedians, like joke theft is this huge cardinal sin that'll get you, you know, booed out of the country. Back then, they would actually like leave lists for the next performers <laughs> to come in town. Like they really like this bit. Yeah. Do okay. this routine. Yeah, tell the yeah. the shaving cream <laughs> bit. Because yeah. all vital must involve. Uh, something like and, that. Yeah, and blackface. And, yes. And, yeah. Although that was a very short-lived... Yeah. I feel like now we've gone to the... Yeah. Tell that joke hour. about Toledo. Uh, you, you've just lost your demographic. I know. Yeah. God. 
You know, that's like writing. They always tell you, like, you know, don't go too, don't don't go too far back. Don't don't reference anything past 1995. You know? Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well. So, I don't. So know we've, what have we got? Yeah. Jim Neighbors. Yeah, yeah we've, <laughs> we've got. Uh, what's next? Larry Storch. You know, what I mean? it's like <laughs> we go. How far back do you want to go? Yeah. Oh, I remember being Zazu a, Pitts. I remember being a kid <laughs> and thinking like Ken Berry was the funniest person in the world. <laughs> really? Because I loved F Troop. Loved it. No, Ken Berry was on. He was on Mayberry RFD yeah. too. Right. He was Later. on Family Guy, what? right? That's and then he was on Carol Burnett. Like, okay. Yeah. So he did a backdoor pilot on the Brady Bunch, right? Where it was going to be kind of the dying years of the Brady Bunch. Oh, this is... Cousin Oliver era? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and it was it was going to be kind of a version of the Brady Bunch, but he, him and his wife uh, have no children, and they adopt three children. I believe it was um, a, a black boy, a Chinese boy... And maybe a white boy, yeah. or, or maybe another non-white ethnic. And, yeah, uh, and their name just happened to be the Token family. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> what, what, was uh, Don Rickles the crazy grandfather? Oh, that would have been great. That would have been yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like the, they're great with Tourette's. Right, <laughs> he just can't help himself. But I remember, yeah, that's that's what I remember him from. The most. Okay, and I think he was in the first Herbie the Love Bug movie too. Wow. But yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Once, once again, the topical references just keep coming through. Yeah. Um, Yesterday's references today. Yeah. So this vine, that's your, that your, it your should be. Yeah. yeah. That was that was a concern of mine in the early episodes. I was like, do I talk about Laurel and Hardy too much? <laughs> <laughs> we should be talking about like Vine stars to reach yes. the people. Oh, yes. Vine. Oh. Who's oh. a star on Vine? Cutie Pie. Hollywood and Vine is where you could get oh. be discovered <laughs> in the 30s. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you if you, you, know, you raise your skirt high enough at Schwab's drugstore. Drugstore. Yes. There was this girl, though, on Vine, who, she was, uh-huh. like, 11 or 12, and I swear, okay, so, uh, I don't know if you know Rich Juswiak, he writes for Gawker, um, he used to have a blog about America's Next Top Model, it was hilarious, it was just, like, okay. screen grabs and, and gifs made from, like, America's Next Top Model scenes, and he, he, one of the most brilliant pop culture writers you'll ever read. Sure. Um, and he, so he writes for Gawker talking about different things. And yeah, he discovered this, um, yeah, like 11, 12 year old girl who just has like the funniest comic timing you'll ever see. And one of her like little pranks is just like going into a grocery store and like screaming and to get a reaction <laughs> or like go up to a woman like as she pushes her car and just be like, I love you and just freak them out. Vine, so yeah. I mean, it's good. Vine has. It's moments. It's, 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 you know, democratized kind of publicity in, uh, to some sense. And same with YouTube stars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's we're not dependent on the old models of, of yeah. you know, like getting on television. And uh, like you said that. Although, yeah. the, what Dominic, what you spoke to uh, regarding the, okay, that five minutes is great. What else you got? Yeah. Like, even exponentially more so yeah. because of the internet now. Yeah. Because I put up, you know... Uh, I know. Like that's when my son was into together. Annoying Orange, and it's like, it's okay, just, the first one was funny, and then everyone yeah. after that yeah. was really painful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if on YouTube, like, yeah, I mean, there's popular YouTube stars. Are there people who do like cover versions of those YouTube videos? Is oh, that absolutely. a thing? Oh, yes. uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> 
There's covers for everything. I watched an entire compilation of like five minutes straight of adults recreating the Charlie Bit My Finger video. I have no idea what that is. So it's just this video. This parent was filming their two, like, I think a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And the, the three-year-old I, thought it would I, be funny to put his finger in the other kid's mouth. And then the kid bit him. And he's like, ow, you bit my finger. I was, I was just wondering if now people have taken, like, rats and... Pizza, slices of pizza and race them. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, let's, yeah. See, let's see if the uh, the Nabolidon and the Sicilian slice, you know. Oh, yeah. Everything, like, everything gets cannibalized, okay. remixed, and redone. Yeah. I want to do... I think... I think, I think that's I, a good idea. I think that's yeah. a good idea. <laughs> like, yeah. pizza races. Okay. Pizza rat race. That's it. That's my new... It's, that's it's, my new thing. It's okay, you heard it race. here first. Yeah. Pizza rat race. It's now trademark, copyright, yes. patent pending. Yes. Notarized... Yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah, well, somebody else will come along. That's not his intellectual. We use anchovies on ours. <laughs> yeah. It's a completely different beast. Completely, yeah, completely different. I mean, his is a New York style pizza. <laughs> ours is Chicago style. Right. That's the weird thing. It's less water. It's all improvised and uh, and <laughs> has more of a working class blues kind right. of feel to mm-hmm. it. Well, see, the weird thing about these modes of technology is that, I mean, for instance, you know, I'm involved with zine fests, and so we're, you know, doing everything print and small press and things like that. People are like, well, why don't you just, you know, make it a downloadable PDF or just do a blog and stuff? And it's like, well, there's room for that, too. But we still like these, you know, Mm -hmm. the old way of doing things. And so you have video and stars, I guess, Vine stars and YouTube stars, but you still have people going out and doing live shows and... Um, and even zines, we were talking uh, off mic, uh, Dominic, about how you were saying Vic, which was a zine you did, how you were kind of, it was a spin on... Um, on unlike teen magazines, but we had all these bands that were in their 30s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's like, you know, taking a... Playing, playing pop yeah. music, you know, we would, we would take their articles and insert, you know, local bands yeah. into them. Yeah, hearing that, I, at first it didn't sound familiar, but I think I do remember. Yeah, no, we did, up, it, yeah. did it for like about a year and a half, and then it was just like, you know, it just got to be too much work. Yeah. So here's my pitch. I had this idea a few months ago, and I just didn't know if, it would, if people would catch on, if it was a thing that I should actively make. But you always see in like People Magazine, that section where they're like, Take a picture of a celebrity using an ATM. What if there was a magazine that was only sold to celebrities, and it was just us? It was just regular people, okay, yeah. like just celebrities, animals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're like, oh, they're just, just like getting a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> they're uh, just like us. Yeah. And all them, a bunch of magazines. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of gossip, <laughs> of just, just people I know. Yeah. The little people. <laughs> Yeah, little people, not famous people <laughs> magazine. I like that. So, you know, I haven't really famous monsters of suburbia. I haven't really followed the zine scene for a while. It, it makes me really happy that that's still around. I mean, when I was in like high school, I, you know, I would like order like skateboarding zines and like find out about all these mm-hmm. other people and you know get like punk scenes and all that. Um, 
So is there like kind of like a resurgence of scenes like with the people like kind of like rediscovering old technologies like, like the people? Yeah, I was gonna just say you can buy cassettes at, at Urban Outfitters. Um, are, are the younger people like is there this need for like the authenticity? And... So it, it, it's I think a two part thing. I think it's always been going on. Um, there, yeah, as you, you and I both came up in like you know Arizona yeah. hardcore and punk and stuff and so we go to Eastside Records maybe pick up a Maximum Rock and Roll or a Heart Attack or Flipside later you know like Razor Cake maybe yeah and so it was always going on with music zines um, and but then there was also people doing personal zines you know um, which you know were very focused on like maybe poetry or hey I you know I survived this abuse or this mm. mental illness or this is how I'm coping with this and and those personal zines and I think those continued on. With the internet, I think it, which you can get on Wi-Fi, which is today's topic. Yes. Yeah. You, Way to bring it back. Bring it all back home. You got more of a focus. Like, it was easier for people to organize. Same, same with, like, DIY music. Or, you know, punk bands don't have to wait for Book Your Own Fucking Life to come out from Maximum Rock and Roll anymore. Yeah, you can yeah, get yeah. on the internet and book that way. So, same with zines. Like, you, people were able to make connections on Live Journal was a really big thing that pushed that. Um, and then, you know, other like websites and forums popped up around zines. And so technology caught up with what was going on and put a focus on it. Mm -hmm. And then because of that, yes, I think the young people found mm -hmm. it, you know, it's like, oh, cool. This is a thing that I can do myself and I can put up my, my, my blog, which is awesome too. But it's kind of neat to have this printed, tangible thing. Mm -hmm. And oh, look, there, there's there's LA Zine Fest, there's Portland Zine Symposium, yeah. there's Chicago Zine Fest. Like whatever Zine Fest is near them or in the city near the big city nearest yeah. them. Yes, the internet helped them find out about that more. Yeah. And, and like one thing I, I worry about. Well, I mean, you know, the, I hold on to the you know the things I value still matters to me. But like one of the, you know the DIY culture. Like, I just worry about that that is just going to be lost at some point. But, I mean, there's always, like, a younger generation to pick that up. and. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, if anything, technology, and I know I'm, there's people who would disagree with me, but I, I feel like technology has helped that, like, our technology-centric culture yeah. has helped that with DIY. Like, as far as getting music out and, yeah. and get, ex yeah. you know. Well, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, it helps get music out, but it's like, you're never going to make money. Yeah, it's been so devalued. Yeah. But did anybody make money, really? I mean, some Well, I mean, certain elite, I like, you know. Yeah, yeah, certain, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, artists, you know. I mean, artists totally would still, struggling. yeah, well, but they would still make more money than they're making now. Now, somebody else is making money, but artists aren't getting anything right do you think because of the, there's such a saturation now i just think it's just devalued i think when you turn something that mm -hmm. used to be a tangible product into vapor mm -hmm. you know yeah <laughs> which is basically what you know, mp3s are and that's like with with, with my nonprofit record label onus records we try to make an mp3 seem like it's this valuable work of art like you yeah. just try to put like a nice picture yeah. sleeve that looks like a 45 you know and, mm -hmm. and yeah. just that way so it's just sort of like oh okay this is you know you know something you know something concrete we i mean when we started putting out some cds like really small runs and, and on every cd now that we put out we put cds are convenient and sound great you know <laughs> because they do. yeah I, I don't know this whole stupid thing about like kids you know what's well, not even kids it's like people from ages like 20 to like 25 are into the thing with the cassette, but they don't really into, you know, it's like, it's just an you know, so much yeah. of an affectation. Yeah. But just, just the idea that you have a, a CD and nobody, oh, CDs, <laughs> 
You know, I mean, we put them out with clackety plastic jewel cases, you know. <laughs> you know, just just give people. Well, you know, I think there's there's a certain point where people say, okay, well, you know what? That was a. Ch- I mean, I mean, ideally, everybody would still like vinyl, but you know, vinyl is still really expensive to put out. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I guess one of like the arguments, well, you know, people saying negative things about the vinyl mm-hmm. resurgence is like, oh, they're not sourced from analog sources. Like they're they're sourced from digital, so it, it's bullshit. But um, it's you know, the, but there's a different dynamic when you have an album. Actually, even the cassette sort of mirrors it is the fact that when you put out an album on cassette or vinyl, you had to make it great mm-hmm. twice because you know you had you know the song reach you know, the end of the side side would have to end big, have to start off big instead of like you just put on a record and it just goes into it deep downward spiral <laughs> and it never gets good again you know um, I, 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 for me personally I came from this ethic of by any means necessary I was an M still a horrible musician like mm-hmm. I'm I'm not the best guitar player <laughs> now I like my singing voice and I think I have strong or I did when I was writing songs actively I, I thought I had a strong you know lyrical voice uh, lyrically right. that voice, you know had something to say um, and so, you know, the, the, like I was referring to, zine, zines grew from, or, you know, there wasn't only music zines, it was like, hey, I need to be represented because you don't speak to my situation, or, hey, these are my politics, and we don't talk about, mm-hmm. right. we, nobody's talking about this thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. And so, same with musically, like, CDs, yeah, were great, because I, for me and my friends, like we were able just to, Rick, you, you and I were talking earlier about me and Andrew Jemsek in our mm-hmm. garage with a Fisher Price recorder, oh, yeah. you know, and then be able to burn out on a CDR and, and go sell that at Eastside Records. It wasn't like a well mastered, right. well, you know, engineered thing, but we got our voice out. I think a, the, the big thread that's run through my creative life has been subconsciously because I don't think I did this on purpose but being really interested in art forms that I have to explain to people (laughs) so in most of my 20s I was doing like comics and cartoons and all comics so I'd be like explain I would meet somebody and tell them that and I'd be like well you've heard of Garfield it's not like that you've heard of Batman it's not really like that and not doing makeup all the time. I have a lot of situations in the, in the civilian world where I'm like, well, not the Tampi improv. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's this. And, oh, you've seen who's Latin in it anyway. It's not really a lot of that either. So, the, so it is a time where people can get anything anywhere it's form from like the craft or the the representation or the combination of both. I I think it's definitely in the eye of the person who's interested in it. I don't think I mean we think there was this little age when you know, everybody loved the same things, but I don't think that, that I think that's probably more of a myth. And, uh, it was just a set of things to, to choose from. Yeah. yeah. That's the way it is. And uh, on that note, yeah, we definitely <laughs> answered that question. We definitely <laughs> answered that question. Um, 
so yeah it, uh the time has come uh for plugs to plug uh plug what's good. going on what, what's going on with with you rick um i am doing all through the month of november um along with uh jeff that's are my in, plug too yeah we're in, oh so maybe i should do a different one <laughs> no please do <laughs> um we're doing an improvised murder mystery where each week is a different location and a different murder and uh, you follow the detective as they gather all the clues and the audience gets to pick who the killer is. Wow, where are you doing that? That's at the Torch Theater on Central and Camelback in Phoenix. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brody, what, what do you have going on? Well, let's see. I just, like I said at the beginning, I just got back to Phoenix, so I'm still kind of getting my footing. Sure. So this is like my first, this is like my, my coming out party. <laughs> Thank right. you for that, by yeah, the way. Yeah, we're exposing yeah. you yeah. to the world. So, I, this is my official announcement that I'm back in Arizona for at least a, a couple years. Um, but now that I'm here, yes, I am. I have been asked to help be an organizer at Phoenix Zine Fest. We're aiming for uh, next October, October 2016. We're gonna have a lot of little events leading up to that. Um, my fellow organizers, Marna Kay and Carissa Lucille, um, are opening up a new zine library and distro store um, on University in Tempe. So oh, cool! Awesome. Yeah. Can find out more information there. Uh, so just go to PHX zinefest.com or even if you type in phoenixzinefest.com the whole thing that will lead to the website that'll tell you about all the events coming up i'll be hopping around town checking out all the wonderful literary and comedy events that you have to offer um, i'm i'm been getting reacquainted with everybody and everything i'm loving it no, all right well, well welcome back. back thank yeah. you yeah. all right cool and uh serene oh let's see i got i wrote a musical I wrote a musical version of Vertigo. <laughs> I, I'm awesome. so excited for <laughs> That's that. That's going to be fun. Oh, man. It's called Swimming in the Head. We're going to be doing it at the Firehouse Theater December 5th and 6th. And uh, we've got a really good cast. Um, I'm going to be um, playing Gavin Elster, the guy who uh, hires Jimmy Stewart to follow his wife around. Oh. And we're going to have a cast album coming out on Onus Records. And then, let's see, on... Uh, December 19th, we're doing this Heritage Hump. Um, I've been doing this Heritage Hump thing for new times, where every Wednesday we, we uh, feature a, a collectible MP3 by a, a vintage uh, Phoenix band. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah, and uh, it's been really popular. So we, we reunited uh, Beat Angels, wow. Trunk Federation, and Les Payne oh, cool. uh, for that show. And uh, hopefully some other surprises. That's going to be at the Rebel Lounge on December 19th. And that same night, we put out a CD called Heritage Hump Helps, which is a, just a 20 songs, vintage Phoenix bands. And the... Uh, Profit proceeds go to the Sunny Slope uh, Humane Society. So, oh, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. All right. And SereneDominic.com. And SereneDominic.com, but OnusRecords.com, OnusRecords.BandCamp.com. Lots of free stuff. I love your, I love your site just because there's so <laughs> much writing and history and good stuff on it. Yeah. Uh, on this what the on, on your site on the oh yeah I haven't looked yeah. I'm so glad you went on it you're probably the only person that's gone on it in like <laughs> I was years just I, 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 I have not catching up to do I have not kept I have not kept up my idea for doing that was like 
I'll have a website that'll collect everything that I do. And it's like every article I was going to write a link to. And like, <laughs> it's I, like it's more work. It's like this is like yeah, more work than it was doing it the first time. I'm there. I'm, I'm right Definitely there a job. Yeah. I think yeah. we've all had that. Like, why should I be my own curator? It's too, it's too much work. Yeah, Let me, I'll die. Let someone else do it if they want it. Cool. Yeah, I mean, my only plug is the murder mystery coming up in November. But, yeah, definitely check out Brody's stuff. Check out Serene's. And uh, that's all we got, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Um, like our page on Facebook. Um, share the episode with your friends. Give us a review. Uh, on iTunes, um, download them on, on Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell you us can to use your Wi-Fi, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Um, make a make an artisanal cheese sandwich. Those, that's also a good a good option. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, thanks everybody for coming out. Yeah, thank, thank you, so you guys. Thank that you. was really fun. It was an honor. All right. Good night and, and sleep tight. I feel like I can say enjoy the rest of your internet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>